Greetings, and welcome to Bird on a Wire, a podcast series presented by the Recombobulation Area and hosted by Lou Ann Bird, featuring conversations on hope, civility, and action. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dan Schaefer, and I am the founder of the Recombobulation Area and the producer of this podcast series. For Episode 8 of Bird on a Wire, Luann is joined by Tom Speart and Chris Baumgart. In this episode, Luann talks with Tom and Chris about organizing and making change in southwestern Milwaukee County. They also talked about the work Luann and Chris are doing to address accessibility concerns at the Hales Corners Library. The lead sponsor for the Bird on a Wire podcast series is Civic Media, the fastest-growing hometown radio network in Wisconsin, broadcasting local news, talk, sports, music, and sensible commentary throughout the state. Visit civicmedia.us to find your local station and tune in to your community. Civic Media, hometown radio refreshed. Supporting sponsors for this series include Marianne Lubar and Marlene Ott. So, without further ado, here's Lou Ann Berg. Bird, your host for this podcast, uh, the series Bird on a Wire, which is um, produced by Dan Schaefer at the Recombobulation Area and supported by some great people at Civic Media and by Marianne Luber and our friend Marlene Ott. So we're here today. I've got a couple of guests, people I met through my activism, really not just my campaign, but I have Tom Spirit sitting here. He's part of the Democratic Party. And I have Chris Baumgart here. I met her through the campaign, and she actually got very involved. And we're staying involved, which we'll tell you more about in just a minute. But first, I want to back up. Start. I'm going to start with how I got here and how I, how I got involved with these great folks in this area. Phil and I were looking for a house to settle in this area to be close to our kids. And we have to find a house that works for a wheelchair. So in 2012, we found the home that we are in right now. It's in Hales Corners. And it's located on what's called, uh, the name of our street is Brandon's Court. Now, Brandon was a kid that had muscular dystrophy, uh, the bad kind, the Duchesne's disease. And his dad bought this spot of land, we're on a cul-de-sac, and he developed it so that he could build this wheelchair accessible home for his son. So, and then uh, the housing crisis hit and his parent, they got divorced, his parents got divorced. And this house, uh, we were looking for a house for a wheelchair and we were able to purchase this home here in Hales Corners. So that's how we ended up in Hales Corners. Um, I'm sad to say that Brandon did pass away a few years ago but we are most grateful for having a house that just works so well for my husband. And it also just brought us to Hills Corners. It wasn't like we picked this place to live. But here we are, the Bird family in Hills Corners. And I had been politically active in the past, as you probably know from my prior podcasts. And so when I got here, that was going to continue. And the first thing I did was end up on the school board. And then I also, because they're... There was an opening, so I ended up on the school board, and then I also got involved in the, I was going back, it had to be the 2016 election, or when did Tony Evers get elected? In 2018, correct? Four years ago from... Four years ago, ago. eight years, four years ago, yeah, Yeah, 2018. Okay. 
because he got reelected in 2022. Okay, so but 2016, I got involved in the um, presidential race. And so there's one person in this area that organizes Democrats, and I found out about Tom. So, Tom, <clears throat> yeah. do you want to tell us about that? And I ended up going over to Tom's house to get my literature, well, to get, knock on doors and make phone calls, <laughs> because you've been doing this for a long time, right? I, I have been doing this for a very long time. Um, I'm a union brat. Uh, so I got started early with my dad. My dad was personal friends with Hubert Humphrey. In the 60s, uh, and so I've been at it a long time. As a matter of fact, if it weren't for the Democratic Party, I wouldn't have met my wife, and we're going on 49 years of marriage. Uh, we met in Young Democrats in the late late 60s, and uh, have been at it ever since. Uh, as young folk, you know, we were pretty active, knocking on doors, make, excuse me, making, making phone calls and all that, and then our family came along, and like a lot of people, we were, you know, we had to take care of our family. We had jobs and stuff. And so then our activism was a little bit less, okay, uh, making sure we had yard signs every year uh, and the occasional knocking on doors. But once the kids moved out and Act 10 came along, because my wife was a teacher, we really ramped up, okay. And for the Walker recall, we were actually a recall site. So for 60 days from 8 in the morning to 8 in the evening, I sat at my desk in my office collecting, you know, uh, recall petitions. And that really picked things up at that point in time. Uh, ever since then, we have always uh, hosted meet and greets and what they call GOTV, which is get out the vote activities, and been going at it ever since. So, out of your home, which is in Greendale, yeah. which is in my district, yes. right? Yes. Well, that's another whole story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When we, when we met up with Luann, um, we were forever in the 82nd district, and then they did the redistricting, the gerrymandering, and we wound up in the 84th. And I think about the middle of the summer last year, I got a phone call from Evan Goike, our assemblyman at the time, or area assemblyman at the time, saying, hey, we need to find someone to run in the 84th assembly district. You're in the 84th assembly district. Can you help us? And so we immediately started to, you know, look for someone. And we were getting to the bottom of the barrel. We weren't finding anybody. Um, and uh, and then I was, we have a coffee clutch. By the way, you're all invited if you want to come. The Dia Cafe in Greendale, 8 o'clock Monday mornings. We're always there. 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, uh, excuse me. Ooh, okay. 9 o'clock. Good catch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if anybody wants to drop by, it's, you know, all us progressive and Democrats in the area sit around and we don't necessarily talk politics all the time. Sometimes we talk about the noodles that we put in our soup, but uh, it's, it's just a, <laughs> it's good, a good time. It's a good fellowship. It's a good fellowship, mm -hmm. okay, which we need uh, and we don't do enough of. Uh, and uh, so we were driving into uh, coffee and I get a phone call from this lady named Luann Bird. And she said, are you guys still meeting on at the cafe? And I said, well, certainly. And she said, well, do you mind if I join you? And I said, more the merrier. In the back of my mind, I'm going, hmm, maybe, just maybe, Luann is interested in running for the assembly in the 84th. And so we get the coffee, and we're all sit down, and Luann comes, and by gosh, she was running for the assembly in the 84th. And that was my introduction to Luann. We had actually 
met briefly, remember, under oh, Tisha? Right. Yeah, there there was an organizer, that. and that was during the... Um, Hillary, Hillary, campaign. Hillary campaign. I did a lot for Hillary. I tried yeah, to get her elected and worked that. hard. Yeah. And that's where I first met you. But yeah. and then I sort of backed away, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and then I got involved again in Tony's Evers race. Yeah. So yeah, okay. so I knew about you guys. I had met right. you briefly, okay. and yeah. and there I was showing up. <laughs> showing but, up. Anyways, we were happy. I mean, but man, I tell you what, we went home and celebrated. Okay, but we only had two weeks. Yeah, two weeks to get Luann on the ballot and. Boy, she hit the deck running, and I can't say that we did all that much. We tried. We had one get-together to get people out to circulate petitions. We did. We got everybody activated, and you helped with that. So tell me about that group. So Act 10 was happening. And the district was re... Wait a minute. That was before the district was redrawn. And you were in the 82nd district. So what was happening back then? And... uh, was it a Republican, Democrat? What kind of district well, was it? Back then, it was pretty much Republican. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, we had Ken Skaronsky was our he was your, assemblyman okay. in the okay. 82nd and forever. Okay. okay. And then we had, uh, I think before Ken, we had uh, Jeff Stone. Okay. Okay. Republicans. Um, one big thing that we did back then is uh, before Act 10, um, when the Walker recall, even before the Walker recall, we tried to recall our state senator, uh, Mary Lazarus at the time. Really? Oh, okay. I remember, I remember that. that. And and uh, yeah. And so, you know, we worked hard at that, and we only missed out by a couple thousand uh, signatures. Who's we, by the way? Now, oh, okay. had you organized Southwest <laughs> Dems by this point? Well, Southwest Dems has been around for a long time. Okay. Most people don't realize that. That uh, back in the old days, the Milwaukee County Democrats was a big organization. There were a lot of people, okay. And and uh, what they did was they broke the county into five regions, all right. And we are at the southwest corner of the county was region five. Okay. And so the Southwest Dems was state active. Matter of fact, we're the only region that's still active out of the five, and we're not so active right now. <laughs> okay, pandemic has changed a lot of stuff. But that's well, also the group that meets on Monday, right? It well, grew that's, out of that. Now, the group that meets on Monday is a lot Different. of the Southwest Dems, but it's, it was never formed as a Southwest Dems group. It was a group of just Democrats and okay. progressives and liberals, so we could sit around and talk. My The idea for that get-together was I used to go to McDonald's in the morning, and I would see all these old guys sitting around. Oh, yeah, that's eased, right. If McDonald's eased, in Hills Corners. Well, at Hills Corners, anyways. It? Yeah, that's where I probably started it. But. And Dunkin' Donut, weren't you there well, once? That, well, that's, so, I, so I listened, and the eavesdrop on these guys, and they're all right-wingers, okay? Now we call them megas. <laughs> and I thought, why can't we do that? You know, why can't oh. we get together and, and have a coffee chat? Well, it just happens. At the time, they were building the Dunkin' Donuts in Hills Corners. That's it, okay. And I thought to myself, well, that's territory that hasn't been taken over by the old guys. Okay. <laughs> so they opened up in a handful. There was actually three of us: uh, myself, a gentleman by the name of uh, Keith Roberts, and Jim Brownlow. A lot of you may know Jim Brownlow because he was a perpetual candidate for the yep. old. Uh, he ran in my area. Yeah. I was in the eighty-third, yeah. which was very Republican. So when the I moved three here. of us were the first to sit down and, 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 and have a conversation. Know, have a conversation, and then it grew from there. And we were at Dunkin' Donuts for a long time. Dunkin' Donuts isn't the biggest place in the world, and we started to get pretty big, so we had to figure out how to move in, uh, move on, so we went to Blamels in, in, um, oh, wow. in okay. Greenfield for a while, 
Right? And that was a great place, particularly in the summer because they had an outdoor, outdoor. a great outdoor place. But then again, the pandemic kicked in and Blimos became really strict about the tables. We used to just shuffle tables around yeah, so we had yeah. enough. But now you couldn't move them off the little X's on the floor anymore. <laughs> okay. Oh. And so about that time, that they opened up the Dia Cafe in yeah. Greendale. And, oh, uh, okay. That, that so that be became a, your place. So that okay. became the place. Okay. Cool. And, uh, and right. they're very, very nice. They're very nice people. By the way, if you want to go to a Get a cup of coffee in the Greendale area. Yeah. Check out Dia Cafe. Yeah, just so you know, I walk in there. It's not that big a place yeah. either, really, no. the, in the morning. There's places that they open up later. But I walk in there this week, and I run into two different people that said, I know you from somewhere. Oh, yeah, you knocked on my door. <laughs> <laughs> two of them this week. So that's the history of how you got started. I yeah. do want to mention this I know about Tom. So Tom was so excited I was running and got... He became part of my kitchen cabinet right away, which is the core group that met every week. So we have our very first Bird Songs concert. Do you remember that day? I remember that evening very well. And it's in my backyard, and we've set up these lights, and we've got these great musicians, and we've got a good group of people here, right, Tom? Yep. And there's Tom. <laughs> Tom. I got emotional. He was emotional <laughs> because, go ahead, you well, it, it, it this is what I thought campaigning should have been all along, okay? Uh, it was just good people. It was a great time. And, and I was just, uh, man, the emotion just overwhelmed me. It was. You know? I this saw that. what I thought should be. And as a matter of fact, I think I came up and yeah. gave you a big hug. You and did. It was very emotional. You did. And, and uh, yeah, and that's been Luann's campaign. I mean, it's ever since then. You know, it's just people, right? People. People with common goals and common yeah, beliefs. bringing people together. And bringing people together. Mm, and that's, that's cool. That's you know, and then she had the whole series with the with the, you know, the concerts? music concerts, yeah. and, and it was just great. I Tom. mean, that's to me what it was all about. Yeah. We ended yeah. up having I think six of them in people's, yeah. five of them in people's backyards, and then one big one at the Cooperage at the end. So then I meet Chris. Chris, <coughs> gosh. <coughs> How did you first come into my campaign? Did you like see an? I forget. How did you first get involved? Um, the reason I got involved is I wanted a Democrat elected, so I wanted to do anything that I could to help. Uh, so um, I called and saw. I I just I I must have gotten some campaign literature, mm -hmm. and I just saw. Um, if I could write postcards, if I could help That's with what postcards. That's what it was, right. And then I ended up at Tom's house writing postcards. That's right. That's right. Yep. And then I, I did that. more postcards. <laughs> so, yes, you did. <laughs> so I just wanted to do whatever I could. Yeah. Couldn't do knocking on doors this year, So, but I yeah. needed to do something. That was really cool. So we got to be friends, mm -hmm. right, all mm -hmm. of us. Yep. And I continue, I think Tom was kind of wondering, too, would she stay with us after this campaign? <laughs> but I've been telling people it wasn't. A, it's not about the campaign again. It's about civility and hope and action. And one thing I love about these two people is they have taken action. They're out there. They're not sitting around doing nothing. And, you know, Tom continues to stay involved. He's on my case about the future. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about what we're working on, Chris. Well, the future. Future the future. Is, the future is two years from now. When well, not even runs, now. No, that's right. Maybe a year and a half. <laughs> so, folks, we got to start planning, getting ready. Uh, that's what he keeps uh, telling me. And uh, we just have to get organized and, and 
start, well, organizing for the next election. And we have to do it now. Yeah, and so what are your uh, thoughts about that? You have been around a long time. You've organized a lot of canvases. And you've worked with a lot of people that work for the Democratic Party. They're local organizers. So yeah. what are your thoughts on what I'll just let him tell you what he keeps telling me that I need to do in order to win next time, which is go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a data person. First off, I'm a retired engineer, so I'm a data person. All right? okay. So I'm just looking at data okay? and keeping track of uh, Luann has to start well, I'm trying to get the words here. Trying, you know, we need to, we need to organize and and uh, start contacting people and making sure we keep track of who we contact and, right. and getting people involved. One of the problems we have in our area is volunteers and getting people energized. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think Luann is the is the candidate to do that. Okay, I mean, people just she's great. <laughs> well, but thank you. But but we have to, bring but, in some new people. But we have to get new people involved, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And we have to start doing that now, all right? Because uh, it's going to, you know, next uh, November is going to come up a lot earlier than we November think. 2024. It's going to yeah. be a lot here sooner. Let's see, this is where yeah. I'm having a problem with podcasts. Because <laughs> I, I get a little bit tongue-tied. But we I need know. to start organizing. We okay? do. And and that's what I keep on telling yep. Luann. We need to, you know, we need to, you know, people go out and knock on doors, and we give them a walk list of houses to go to, and we need to make sure that we're sending them to the houses that they need to go to, yep. and that we don't send them to the same house twice. Right. And that's kind of where I, on Luann's case, that we need to organize. Organize it, and and no, you know, I've got this map, and we've got these yeah. online lists, and Tom has a lot of strengths in that area, so we're gonna. Be better organized, no matter what happens. For me, it's the best part of my campaigning. I just like going out and talking to people and bringing them hope and yeah. change. And that's what's going on with me and Chris now. Mm -hmm. So Chris and I become friends through this thing. And somehow we started talking about the library, was it? And the village. She lives in the village here with me in Hales Corners. And both of us use the library. And I've been on the library's case, well, for seven years now, more than that. I, when I moved here, I took all three of my grandsons to all of those uh, story time programs at the library, and they had a wine tasting that they did for the grown-ups, and it was that's where we started, talking about the wine tasting, and it was on two levels. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah well, definitely. And that's where my interest in the library renovation came about when I read the article and right. the paper and when they were talking about you know using the two levels and they only used for for events they only used both levels at the same time once because they oversold tickets to the wine tasting she's referring to an article in the paper when when um, I dropped a uh, press release about the complaint I filed with the Department of Justice because it's a two-story building, it's not wheelchair accessible, and they constantly use both levels for programs, which in order to get to participate in the programs, you had to go outside, all the way out to the sidewalk, and through the parking lot behind cars, if you're in a wheelchair, that's not a good thing, to get into the upper level. So that's how they've been justifying the use of that 
two-story facility for years. Mm -hmm. So then when I got involved, I got asked to serve on the... um, well, when I moved here, first of all, I you know, was using the story time with all my grandsons. And I could never bring Phil, Grandpa. He would have come because the room was too small. There's no way he could have fit a wheel, a big grown-up wheelchair in there with all the kids and the way they had it configured. So he never came with me. And then they held the wine tastings. And I was on the school board at the time, so I didn't really want to take on the library as far as being accessible. Because I knew it wasn't. But I was focusing on education and the schools. Which, by the time I got off there, it was like four years I was on, we, they, that rolled into passing a referendum to upgrade all the schools in Hills Corners. So that was cool. We got that done. And we, meaning the entire board, not just me, but the, villa, the, li- the um, school board, we all agreed we need to get this done, and, they, and we did through the referendum process. So then I get a call from the library director. She wants me to serve as president of the Friends of the Library. And I said, sure. You know, by then, Phil had had a stroke in 2017. So then he had to, that's why I stepped down from the um, school board. I hadn't quite finished my term. I was Mm -hmm. about a year short. But it was just getting too hard to manage everything. And so I stepped down from the school board. And it was about a, maybe not quite a year later, that Pat called me up and said, okay, we need leadership. There's no president for the Friends of the Library. Would you serve? And I said, sure, you know, I love the library. So I got, that's when I got involved and that's when I figured out all the other programs they were running for kids, like the Dr. Seuss program where you had to go downstairs for the Dr. Seuss program, but you had to go upstairs to get the cake and then sign up for the program. And I'm like making them aware that this isn't right, that this is not acceptable under the ADA laws. And that began my challenge with the um, village board. But also at the same time, there had been some studies done to upgrade the library. There were some studies looking at the facility and what they could do mm-hmm. to fix it for a, for a variety of reasons, I guess. And I was then asked to serve on a committee to look at raising money to upgrade the library. The, the first study they did for six years ended with, we need to get an architect on board. And instead of getting an architect on board to do renderings, they did another study, and they had focus groups, and I participated in that, right? So that's, this, that's really the third study now that's been done on this building. And then that rolled into, let's look at a capital campaign, because maybe we could raise the money. And our group came up with a case statement. We met for about a year, and yes, we thought we could raise the money for this. But the village board was cutting library funding at the time. They didn't like There was tension between the library director and the village board, and um, they would not give her the money for the architect. She had to go out and raise the money. And at that point, our fundraising committee had to wait because we didn't have a drawing. We couldn't really go out and raise big dollars without knowing what it is we're going to do to the library. So we were waiting again for the architectural drawing. And in the meantime, then, the director's raising this like $1,000 at a time, and she wanted 50000 It was stuck in her head that she needed that much money. And so the library board, I think the village board finally said, well, if you get to the 35000 maybe we'll kick in some. Anyway, she was not going to get there for a long time. <laughs> I resigned as friends of the president of the Friends because I was not happy with what I was seeing going on at the library and uh, kept working with the village board to try to figure out what they could do. I was going to wait. And I knew that there was tension. I knew the director was going to retire. So I waited until she retired 
this is a year now. You're talking about over a year. I'm waiting and waiting and she retires finally and I'm waiting for them to hire a new person and they finally hire a new person and the and there's also a change in president of the village in the village here and Dan Besson who served on the 6-year study ends up president of the village board. He ends up running on a we need change and uh, to make a long story short, he ends up letting all of the library board over time go hiring appointing his own people to the library board, throwing out all of the work that we had done. We're not going to use the case statement. And then even after Pat retired, wanted um, to return all the money that they raised for the architect. So here we were back at total square one last year. But what came up is a whole issue with maintenance of the building. Now they got to fix the building because all of a sudden it's got a roofing problem. It's got a boiler problem. It's got leaky, whatever. It's got a siding problem, and they're going to have to put some money into that building. So I go up, I get back involved, plus they hired a new director. So I go to all of the candidates running last April. This is before I ran. And I met with them. I said, could you meet me at the library? I want to show you what's going on here, because I really think this, this this needs to be fixed. And I wanted to vote for people who said, yes, they would work on it. So that's the activism I was taking back then. Wow. I know. <laughs> wow. And then I get, and then I finally hear them talking at the village board meeting about putting in an elevator. And so I was like, this is great. I think it's going to happen now. They're at least talking about it. The village president, I would go up to him and I would say, that building is not in compliance. And he would say, that building is in compliance with the ADA. And I say, that building needs an elevator. And he would say, that building is in compliance with the ADA. Um, and there's a lot of details, a lot of evidence I could show you all about how he manipulated reports and things to make it look like they were doing the right thing, and they and, and they never never were. Um, but I'm a problem solver. I don't want to complain. I just want it to get fixed. That's my mm-hmm. whole bent. So then I end up saying, okay, the village board's going to fix this. Um, they obviously got to kind of start over because they got a new board and everything. And I got, then I got the call to run for public office. And then I meet Chris. And then I end up coming back involved at the end of November because I found out they were going to go to referendum, right? Which I was going to support, but it was going to be an advisory referendum on the elevator. And in the span of time between like January, February of last year and in the fall, they did two more studies on the building. The first one had nothing to do with ADA. The second one had something to do with ADA, but never addressed the programming of the ADA. So here's where we were at last fall. So here we are. Another two more studies are done. Chris is becoming aware of what's going on here because, well, then I think you became more aware when I dropped. Finally, in December, I went to a board meeting where they said, we're not even going to go to referendum now because we need police and fire. And then I was like, they always told me that the library had to wait its turn. It has to wait its turn. And when they were telling me that, they were building a $5 million maintenance building about three years ago, right before COVID, I think, hit. Mm -hmm. And they were putting money into that building. And so the library had to, quote, wait its turn. People with disabilities had to wait their turn. That's what they kept telling me. And then they had a village board meeting where they were cutting the library budget and they were arguing over whether to put $5,000 worth of new appliances in a maintenance building, which included a dishwasher. And if you go to the minutes, there's actually conversations about, we got to get them a new dishwasher. We can't have these guys hand washing their dishes. (laughs) I'm serious. 
So I'm watching all of this and I'm just going crazy. But all right, we'll wait. I'll wait. You know, this was, this is what I've waited for. And then when in December they kicked it out again, I knew it was never going to happen. It's not going to happen. And that's when I went to the, um, the U.S. Department of, of Justice and filed a complaint. They kicked it out to the U.S. Department of Education who said, yes, we're going to open up an investigation. <laughs> so that happened in January of this year. And then the article hit the paper, and then Chris, now, Chris gets involved. So she ends up experiencing this, right? <laughs> well, yes, it, actually, I experienced it in more ways than, more ways than one. Um, at that point, I sprained an ankle, and I was dropping off um, baked goods for a fundraiser at the library. And I had always dropped them off on the lower level by the health department because that's where the kitchen was, or almost all the time. So I have my sprained ankle. I get out of, I park in the little parking lot downstairs. I get out of the car um, and try to get into the building and then realize they're not using the kitchen downstairs and I have to go up the stairs. Well, I can't go up the stairs at this particular time. And I never really even considered people with disabilities because that wasn't an issue for me. But so I had to hop, hobble back to my car, get into my car and drive to the upper parking lot to go to the upstairs. And at that point I realized it was difficult. It was very difficult, okay? Um, but my other concern was when I read the article the article said that the upper and lower level were never used at the same time, except one time when they did a wine tasting and they oversold the tickets. Well, I've gone to all the wine tastings. They were wonderful events. We really loved them. And as far as I can remember, they were all on the upper and lower level. And so that just got me very concerned because I just want... Whatever is happening with the library, I just want transparency as far as our government services. That was my involvement. That's right. But since then, Chris now and I start talking. So she, you got a hold of me again, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. start talking about this. And then me too now, I'm looking at, now that I filed a complaint, they said they wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> it's in litigation, so we can't talk to you about this. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But I've continued to go to meetings and watch what they're doing to see when is this going to be on the agenda. And Chris, talk, mm -hmm. about, talk about your recent uh, two meetings. And so in March, Chris and I are both there, but we're not together. She has her own issues and I have mine. So we both get up to speak at this meeting in March. Chris goes first. Okay. Tell them what your issue was there. Well, my issue was, I, since I read the article and I had my problems getting from the top, the lower level to the upper level, I talked to other friends who I also realized had problems getting down to the lower level, to the health department from the upper level because they had to take the stairs. And, um, you know, Hills Corners is an older community and as, so I think a number of people that I talked to have had problems, you know, using both levels. So anyways, I asked them about getting from the library to the health department. I mean, that seemed to be an issue. And um, 
they were just talking, I don't know, they were talking about, I believe you can access the health department on the lower level. Um, and so, I mean, they, they explained some of the logistics of the health, who the rentals and the health department and whatever. But what they never explained to me is, they never told me, is they bought a new building for the health department. And so access to the library for the health department was going to be a non-issue in just a few months. And again, I just feel like that's a lack of transparency. So you can go back to, just for our listeners especially, when it comes to action and hope and civility, learning how government works is important. And I've been on enough boards, I've been around long enough to know that there's open records and open meetings laws, and they have to have this all posted on their website. The other thing that they do here is they actually have audio recordings now and um, after, so Chris gets up to speak. She actually specifically asked this question. When are you going to get an elevator in that building? That's what you asked him. Okay. And so Dan Besson is the president, is quoting, saying all this stuff to her. And they're having a lovely conversation back and forth about this elevator. And like you, I mean, and then another question you asked, because I went back and re-listened okay. to it, is then do you have a plan? What's your plan? And Dan says, well, yes and no. So he's answering all of her questions and he's go they're going on for about six minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's done talking. And so all of that is on record. You can go in and see that. They don't take any detailed uh, notes of the public forum. All they'll say is Chris spoke about oh. something. And for me, too, they would always say, Luann addressed the library. Well, I wanted them to add Luann addressed the library about ADA. So it was my turn to speak then. So, so Chris has gone on and on and on with Dan, and he was pretty kind to you, but he left, omitted that information about right. they've moved to the health department. He just didn't say anything about that. Never brought it up. So then between that, and then I get up to speak, and I'm about... Uh, three minutes into it, and he cuts me off. He says, your time is up. And I said, it's not. Notice that there's a time limit. There's never been a time limit at village board meetings. He just threw that out there and <laughs> cut me off. <laughs> so all of this is audio recorded. You can go on to the village website, but you have to know how to find it. And that's where you want to contact your village administrator. So if you're struggling with any issues, you can go back and check those records and figure out what's going on. Because a lot of us are not going to attend every meeting to figure this out. We have elected representatives for a reason. So then how do you work with them to create the kind of changes, right, Tom? Right. Well, this... what I'm just is that, you know, government works for us, okay? We That's how we have we to think we about don't, it. We don't work for the government. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, we have to stay involved, right? And I... I there's an issue going on in Greendale right yeah, now. Yeah, tell us about, about well, that. Well, it's, it's a silly little thing about a car wash. But the it's thing not that, silly to well, you. The, well, it, but the thing that I came away, away with is that, is that as citizens, we need to pay attention to what's going on in our communities. Okay, mm -hmm. And that may mean that you have to go to a village board meeting mm -hmm. once in a while. That may mean that you got to mm -hmm. read the minutes, okay, because... Uh, that's where stuff is put. Like Luann says, these are all open records. They have to keep records. All right. And in the silly car wash thing. Tell them what that is. Well, they want to... The, there was a spot of land. There was a spot of land in Greendale that was, I think, eight-tenths of an acre. And and they, the village has been trying to sell it for 
three or four years now, and they finally found a buyer, and the buyer wants to put in a little car wash, and people are upset, okay, um, about the car wash. Uh, but the point is, is that when I've talked to a few of the trustees, they said, well, it's been on the agenda, you know, it's, we've talked about the selling this for, you know, and now everybody's getting upset and they're saying that they haven't necessarily heard about it. The point is, is that we as citizens have to stay involved too, all right? And we've got to make sure that we go to village board meetings in case of Greendale and Hills Corners and that we, you know, look at the, when they send out our newsletter, we look to see what's on the agenda, okay? We just don't take this stuff for granted because no, they're going to do it. It's okay. us. It's us. It's yeah. our government. It's our community. And if you want to make it better, we need you to got be to involved. get in there. We need to be involved in what's going on. Okay, and you know you can sit back and say, "Well, I don't." You know, I can yeah. hear a lot of people yeah. say, "It's politics. I don't want to keep involved." Politics. Yeah. Well, it affects you. It is politics, but it has a direct bearing on your life. And, it does, and, and that's why the wheelchair thing is my thing because yep. Phil's been in a wheelchair for 33 years. Yep. We were he was paralyzed eight days before the ADA was signed into yep. law, and so we were out there in the public, unable to participate in a lot of things for years. I would say 10, 15 years into the ADA, things got better. Yeah. So to move to Hales Corners and have schools that didn't work right, to move to Hales Corners and have a library that still doesn't have an elevator, there's a cultural thing going on here. And mm. also, I would say a lot of people that maybe didn't know how to speak up for what they need and yeah. what they want. And so when we moved here, that's we've become that voice, that strong voice. Yeah. So so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the other thing is, is you've got to be informed. Okay, and and I don't just don't listen to what's gone Facebook. <laughs> okay? Yeah, because people go crazy. All right. Okay, and you'll find out that a lot of stuff that goes on is from both sides. Okay, are not necessarily right. Okay, so, but you got to stay involved. So you've got to get down there and you've got to understand what's happening. If that means you got to call up your trustee or your whatever, call them up. That's what they're you know that's their job. And they have a right to listen to what you've got to say. And so, you know, make sure you, you do that. You make sure you contact them. It make feels sure you hold so their feet good. to the fire. It's yeah. what gives you hope. I know there was a tiny issue, a big issue to me, though, where I go over and take my grandkids to school, and we have to cross North Avenue to get to the school. Mm -hmm. And I would w try to walk my mm -hmm. kids to school and cross four lanes of traffic there, and it was busy. And this was in Wauwatosa, and they didn't have a – they had a crossing – school crossing – sign there yeah. but no real markings and no real signs and we walked for my grandson almost got hit one time crossing that because there, you know scary. this car might stop but this one doesn't you know the yeah, one right. on the right does but the one on the left yeah. doesn't and he almost got hit and my daughter got involved and some other my grandma brigade we got involved we got we got those flashing lights put up there and <laughs> just this week that was a couple years ago already this week, then, we were walking back to school again. I think it's taken me this long to get the courage up. We have conditioned the traffic to stop. It's amazing. I didn't think it would happen that soon, but just by putting the flashing lights up, people mm -hmm. stop. They even stop for me and the dog trying to cross the street. <laughs> it's like when you create the change and then you look back, yeah. you feel so good mm -hmm. about that, right. that you were the one that spoke up or you and a group of people got together and spoke up. So Chris and I are on this bandwagon now, uh, Tom and I are on the bandwagon to flip this seat for next time. We would really like to see um, uh, fair maps so that democracy 
is saved because that is really a big issue, that and voting rights. There's so many issues that we need to keep working on. And then Chris and I at the very local level, so Chris goes to that meeting, she speaks up. <laughs> In the meantime, then we do our research and we find out they really did purchase a building. And what did that feel like to find that out? Well, again, I was unhappy because if my concern was getting from the library to the health department and I found out later that they did purchase a building and they had just purchased a building, I guess I would have expected that they would have wanted community interest and community involvement and they would have shared that information with me. And that is not what happened. I had to specifically ask them why they didn't share that information with me which they said was just an oversight. So Chris did that by attending the next public meeting and speaking up at the next public forum and then holding the village president accountable on camera or, well, in public. Why wouldn't you tell me that information? Right. right. <laughs> she stood up at that meeting and said that. And it, it, I thought it was a bold move on her part. And it lets the village know that we are watching, that people care. It isn't just the Louie and Bird show. It's other people that care and that want to want to see change, and they want open government. We want to know what's going on. So mm -hmm. after Chris spoke, then I went back and looked at the minutes because the president said, "Well, that was all public. You you could have known about it, right?" I could have known about it, but I had not gone to the meetings at that point. Right. But again, since I was addressing it, it would have seemed to be pertinent to, to tell him me. to tell you that. Right. So instead, so after that, then I went back and looked at the minutes because I wondered how I even missed it because I've been paying attention. And then I went back and I found out in October, there was one meeting where they went into closed session mm -hmm. for the purpose of purchasing um, pro property. Did it say the purchase of a, not property, um, it might have said property. No, it didn't say property. It said, yeah, it might have said property for the for the Hales Corners Health Department. And they went into closed session. Then they went into open session and took no action. That was in October. Then in November, there's a couple of meetings where they went into closed session again. At the next committee, the whole meeting, they did that. And so you go in and you see the exact same notice. They go into closed session. They go into open session. They take no action. So they're doing something there. It doesn't say where. It doesn't say it's a building. It doesn't say the price. Nothing. It just says for the purpose of negotiating a purchase, right? right? And does so, it say for what uh, uh, department? No, it, no it does say for the health department. It, it does. does. So then you finally get to this eleven or November of 2022 meeting where they go into open session. They go into closed session, and they go into open session, and there is and they vote. The vote's in the record. They vote unanimously to purchase this property for the health department. Doesn't say how much, doesn't say where it's located, doesn't say anything about plans to upgrade it because it turns out it's a two-story building and there's no elevator and it's three steps up plus a huge threshold to get into this old house that they've now purchased for the health department. There's nothing said about any of that. So you can go in to where they audio record the, the meeting. And I went to that to see, well, was there any discussion? What did they say when they went into open session? There was zero discussion. No mention of how much, no mention of this is going to be exciting. We've got this building for the health department. The health department needs extra offices. No discussion at all, just a vote. 
So this is where we're at. Chris and I, and now Tom, your partner in crime here. We have to follow this and make sure. Because would you trust the village board to make something wheelchair accessible at this point? I wouldn't. So I just want to see the plans. I want to. So here's what Tom says. It goes back to we have hope, though, don't we, Chris? We know that we can organize and we can get this done. It might take a while because we know we have rights. We know we have the right to participate equally in spite of a disability, right? You know you have a right as a community to have mm -hmm. your village board there in Greendale follow the ordinances and follow the whatever their long-range plan is for that community, you know, right? Yeah, no, uh, but again, you know, we need to, we need to understand what's happening. I, from what I'm listening to the land here, okay, that's not always so easy, right? It's not. And you may have to do some work. Yep. And, and you know, that's... We have to do the work. Right. right. So I think that's a good uh, time for us to close. I think yeah. that's kind of the theme of this one is what does it really take to create the kind of changes that we want to see to make our world a better place? Um, and and it's you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be angry. You just have to be persistent, right, and do your mm -hmm. due diligence research and get involved, but it doesn't happen alone. So now I'm very happy to have Chris with me that together, and some other people have said they want to help on this library yeah. project as well. And Tom? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to watch. We're, we're <laughs> going to keep you posted. So thank you all very much mm -hmm. for getting and coming and doing this podcast with me, and thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you can take something away from this that gives you some hope maybe some ideas on what you're going to be able to do to create change. And, and uh, thank you for listening. Be involved. Be involved. Yeah, That's the message. Be involved. Be involved. You can't yep. sit back and let your neighbor do it. Yep. So you've got to do it. So. Good, good advice from Tom, yeah. who's been around a long time. <laughs> okay, and Chris. Yes. Yes, she's been involved too. Write those postcards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so all right. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>